0: to the payroll podcast with your host Nick Day of JGA Recruitment specialist payroll recruiters
1: Hello and welcome to the Payroll Podcast. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by two people for the very first time on the Payroll Podcast. With me today, I have Doug Wolfe and Mary Holland, CPP, from the Global Payroll Management Institute, or GPMI for short. Doug is Director of Vendor Relations and Business Development for GPMI and the American Payroll Association, or APA. And Mary is Global Director of Strategy, Development and Training for the GPMI. Doug and Mary are both very well known in the world of both US and global payroll. And for those of you that do know them, you will already know they are champions for innovation and technology, along with education and engagement for all things associated with the amazing industry that is payroll. For those not familiar with the GPMI, and I should add here, if you aren't, you really should be if you work in payroll. It's an excellent forum for uh, and website and publication for all matters relating to global payroll. But Mary and Doug are part of the team behind the outstanding content and resources provided by global payroll vendors and other subject matter experts who are all subscribers to the Global Payroll Management Institute, which is an institute that's become the world's leading community for global payroll leaders managers, practitioners, researchers, and technology experts. You can find out more at www.gpminstitute.com, and I will put a link in the episode notes for those of you that are interested in finding out more. I'm super excited to have Doug and Mary join me today from across the pond for this episode of the Payroll Podcast. So welcome to the two of you. How are you both doing?
2: Nick, I'm thrilled to be here with you today. Uh, you know You and I have followed each other for quite a few years on LinkedIn and Twitter as we've been in the same social media channels for the payroll industry. And as you probably know, you get familiar with those posting and providing value for the community with nuggets of content, industry news and perspectives we all share. And I think I can speak for most of us in saying we all seek to share and spread value to elevate the payroll professional wherever they may be located. We want to see them get to a higher level of knowledge, technology, understanding, and ultimately strategic contributions to their organization. Your podcast is so fantastic. It's such a great resource for the industry. So I was honored to accept your invitation to be a part of it and uh, hopefully contribute my thoughts to this episode. So ready to get started on this payroll podcast.
1: Fantastic. It was absolutely delighted to have you with me. Doug, and how, how are you feeling today, Mary?
3: I'm doing excellent, Nick. I'm excited to share about the Global Payroll Management Institute. We are in exciting times as we work and lead payroll teams around the world. Well, of course, the complexity of employment and taxation compliance is so much fun. Fantastic. But for those
1: not perhaps familiar with, uh, with, with both yourself and Doug, uh, and particularly for our listeners who are, perhaps aren't based in the U.S. right now, Can you tell us a little bit more about your roles at the APA or the American Payroll Association and the GPMI and what the Global Payroll Management Institute is really all about?
2: Sure, Nick. Uh, The Global Payroll Management Institute, or GPMI for short, is a community that was formed by the American Payroll Association or APA in 2015. For those that may not know, the APA, soon to be in its 37th year, is the Association for Payroll Professionals concentrating on U.S. payroll. APA serves as the leading education provider, the highly respected collective voice of the industry in Washington, D.C., and the governing body of the industry's most widely recognized certification in U.S. payroll, the CPP, which is the Certified Payroll Professional, and the FPC, the Fundamental Payroll Certification. So many APA members were part of Multinational organizations who were expanding operations across the globe. In addition, since APA was kind of the recognized leader in payroll education, APA would receive ongoing inquiries from payroll professionals outside the U.S. seeking to find those additional global payroll resources. So GPMI was formed as a free to join subscription based community to meet that worldwide market demand for global payroll knowledge and education. And we put an emphasis on country by country compliance news and education, but also strategic guidance and resources around operations, technology and research, all from a large pool of community experts, both directly from the global payroll discipline and from the software service providers, the consulting and accounting firms. So through our numerous training offerings uh, in person, virtual our annual conference, the Global Payroll Management Forum and our online industry magazine called Global Payroll, we want to serve this industry. In my role specifically, I'm extremely passionate around engaging, you know, some of the top talent and leaders at some of the most innovative technology companies on the planet. They're all developing software, RPA tools, AI analytics and other solutions that will play a part in the future of work and pay and potentially transform the role of the payroll professional in the not too distant future. I work with these teams or sometimes even their payroll professional customers and structuring opportunities for them to showcase their value and expertise to our community at GPMI through content or through co-developed education offerings. And then at the same time, I'm connected to the marketing teams and a lot of these organizations helping to profile our community while creating and implementing marketing products within the worlds of content marketing, digital advertising, demand generation, all to help them accomplish their goals on that side of the business.
1: Fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, a really, really good summary of, of what it's all about there, Doug. I, I'm glad I asked the question. And, you know, I've got some familiarity. We actually had an interview already on this podcast with uh, Max um, van der Klispersink, who was a real advocate. And I know he's contributed to the Global Power Management Institute uh, publication and forums and training in the past. And he, we had an excellent podcast with him about technology. It's something that I've certainly been following and uh, partisan to for, for a number of, of years since you launched. And it's a, it's a brilliant resource that we recommend to all the applicants here in the UK that we work with from a recruitment perspective. So it's it's certainly been a really valuable tool for us as payroll recruiters. How about yourself, Mary? Is there anything there you'd like to add about uh, to the listeners that who maybe not aren't familiar with the APA or the GPMI?
3: Well, um, Nick, it was great to see you at the CIPP conference. I would add that I actually was one of those payroll professionals that had worked with APA at the beginning to get the Global Payroll um, Management Institute set up. As a practitioner in the industry, it was very important to get global education. I'm excited about my role to provide education support to global professionals around the world. I lead the GPMI team to develop global payroll education, provide networking opportunities and events so that they can obtain essential skills to be leaders in their organization. I have the pleasure of working with subject matter experts, vendors, and leaders in the industry in the global space, and they volunteer their time to present GPMI webinars, write an article for the Global Payroll Magazine, or present at the annual Global Payroll Management Forum. I would say it's a dream job where I can use my global background to help others and share best practices, and strategic goals for managing global operations. I'm so proud of the community we've built with GPMI. I encourage payroll professionals to join GPMI, which is a free subscriber-based community, and read the global magazine to expand their knowledge and learn best practices
1: fantastic as it's worth emphasizing it is completely free to, to take part and uh, the publication you can access as well I'm, I'm a subscriber and we get access to the to the content that's always very well researched uh, i'm not saying it because i have you both here i'm, I'm a genuine <laughs> And anyone that's worked with me in the past from a payroll recruitment perspective will know it's a publication i recommend on a regular basis
0: five quick questions
1: one thing that's really uh, prominent in the UK payroll industry in particular, I'm sure it's the same uh, over in the US, is people in payroll are always interested to know what the latest sort of trends are in technology that are impacting global payroll. I know this is an area that, that you know you both know an awful lot about. So I wonder if you could tell me about the current trends and technology that are impacting global payroll right now from your perspective. It's amazing, Nick, to see the changes
2: in the industry over the years. Sure. I've been, and I'm sure you've seen it too. Uh, I've been learning from our software and service provider community, following and and talking with some of the industry's top analysts and and really attending industry conferences around HR and payroll for 10 years. And never have I seen the spotlight on payroll like it is today. RPA is something that is clearly helping to speed up efficiencies and will continue to flourish as as payroll helps predetermine business rules to follow. And it's that next step in process driven rule based technology. Uh, artificial intelligence, AI certainly has hype everywhere. You know, you're hearing articles, you're, you're, you're seeing, uh, content out there around AI, but it's something that I think is slower going. And over the next five to 10 years, that data driven solution, like AI and machine learning, uh, which relies on the quality of data for the algorithms to perform, uh, will, will begin to rise as well. For now, you know, absolutely. And I I think Mary would agree. There's no, still no replacing. A qualified payroll professional, and Nick, I think you you know you would echo that too, and and the value that they bring to the organization. So there's no opportunity going on where jobs are going to be lost. In fact, it's more of an opportunity for a payroll professional to rise to a more strategic level, I think, in their organization. Mm -hmm. Another recent trend I'll touch on is what we're seeing is on-demand pay or flexible pay with the gig economy. You know, remote work, freelancing, ride sharing, you know, combining that innovation going on and change going on work with younger millennials and Generation Z who are just looking at a completely different way of where they want to work and how they want to work. And so companies that can offer on demand or flexible type pay solutions are really starting to get competitive because they're looking at it as a retention tool. And they're looking at it as a differentiator uh, to attract top talent to their organizations. You know, one of the flagship resources from GPMI that, you know, payroll pros everywhere can take advantage of is that we have many of these SMEs or subject matter experts from these technology companies and software companies who are are developing these innovations in HR and payroll. And they deliver free webinars for our audience where they're presenting this knowledge around these topics and these webinars are done live and they're available on demand. You know, I've personally been privileged uh, to have made connections with some of the outstanding teams, you know, companies such as Nelson Hall, ADP sure. Workday, Amidas, Ceridian, Niamo, just to name a few. They all donate their expertise to our audience to help provide some of this valuable content and education uh, around these uh, trends that are going on.
1: The good thing is, some of those names you mentioned are names that are very familiar to us in the UK as well. Uh, interestingly, you mentioned the spotlight. You know, there's a spotlight on payroll, and that's one of the big advantages I think of RPA at the moment. It's brought payroll right into the spotlight. A lot of people might be nervous about it, but as you say, completely agree. It's a it's a real opportunity for for payroll professionals to focus on the strategic element, and it's actually quite nice to have it in have payroll in the spotlight for once. And I think it's really brought it to the forefront of. You know, business leaders' uh, minds and boardroom meetings to really discuss it at a more strategic level. So I think it's a it's a good thing. And you mentioned flexi pay. It's relatively new as a concept. I think here in the UK, we're just starting to see a couple of uh, solutions on 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 flexible pay coming through now, and a couple of businesses solely focused on that kind of solution. Uh, I don't know if it's um, more prevalent in the US, but I think it's kind of just starting to get some some traction here in the UK at the moment. How about yourself, Mary?
3: Well, I'm going to agree with Doug. Um, we're in exciting times, especially for payroll professionals to kind of up their career and have ex- more exciting things to do than just process payroll. Um, with the technology available and we have industry leaders contributing with GPMI, we have great um, resources and tools to be able to help our payroll professionals. Ten years ago, when I first started teaching the Global Payroll Management Certificate Program, I would tell my students that my crystal ball vision is with, we will have more global vendors and provider choices available um, with technology and support to provide good education and opportunities to network. I'm really excited to see what's happened in the last 10 years. We do have more vendors, as Doug was mentioning, the different uh, vendor services that we have that provide choices for employers to choose and also payroll professionals to use to support their um, industry. And when you find a vendor, it's really going to be important to make sure that that technology is going to work with your particular company so as a payroll professional, you need to make sure that you're spending time connecting with them, meeting them, and making sure it's the correct solution for your company and your particular company's culture because each one is different. Sure. So as
1: Global Director of Strategy Development and Training, Mary, at the moment, what are you seeing as being sort of the key compliance challenges that is that is affecting global payroll right now? And do you think these challenges are similar or different to those that The U.S. payroll managers are facing.
3: Well, Nick, if we look in the United States, um, we have fifty different states with different taxation rules and requirements. In fact, in my home state of California, payroll professionals need to look at local cities, which have regulation items regarding minimum wage and state pay sick pay requirements, and the entire state, believe it or not, is looking at data privacy regulations that are coming, in effect, in twenty twenty, which are very similar to GDPR. Okay. I would say the advantage that U.S. professionals have is we have the American Payroll Association, which has a library of books and courses. The challenge outside of the United States is to find each country's employment and taxation regulations, which becomes more complex when the requirements are in local language. Just imagine having to do research if you're doing research in China. You're going to get a Chinese version, and you need to figure out, is there an English version to find out what the regulations and the complexities are? Sure. The next question that really comes up is, what talent do you have in your organization to meet compliance? What resources do you have, and do you have it documented and have assigned owners? Many of the requirements involve working very closely with HR And for example, if you need to register an employee in in Italy, the employee needs to be registered on day one of hire. Many organizations are moving towards a compliance owner role, which I would highly recommend. And this team um, is responsible for all of the compliance for the organization and then would triage with local support and also outside services if needed.
1: I've got another question here for you, Mary. I just it just come to mind as, as, as I'm listening to your answer. There, in the UK, we've got counties rather than states. Obviously, we're much much smaller, but the legislation is the same across the whole of the UK. Because you've got, you know, as you say, fifty different states in terms of all having different times or types of legislation or, or governance. Is being a payroll manager in the US similar to being a global payroll manager anyway if you are generally having a, a full US payroll to contend with? Because you've got to understand all the different legislation and requirements for each individual state. Does that give you a good sort of foundation to move into global payroll if you're already a, a, a payroll manager who's, who's processing a multi-state payroll function, do you think?
3: I think it gives them a good start if they're interested in being a global payroll manager. I think the thing is we have to also look at what the skill set is of that particular manager, because when we move into the global space, uh, the compliance is is more challenging. We also have cultural issues. Sure. We also have more um, more vendor management skills. So vendor management is going to be very important because we need to manage the services the vendors are providing. You also are more in a project management role. And you are seen kind of in as a global leader, you're cross, you're working with very cross functional teams. And that means you may be working with HR, your corporate tax, um, your legal groups, the business organization. So it may fit for some global. Managers in the United States, but we really have to go dig down into the skill set and the talent that they actually have. And that's one of the challenges that we have today is really finding that perfect person for global payroll. And there sure. at the current moment, there's a shortage, as you well know, um, as you're looking for working with positions that yes. you have to fill that that is the, it is the hot role out there. It is also a role that many payroll professionals are trying to get the skill in and they're reaching out to GPMI and attend some of our courses that we offer to improve their their current skill set and what type of skills do they need to make sure that they have the skills for the future.
1: Great. And we're certainly a huge advocate here at the Power Podcast, or I am personally for education. It's something that I think has become a, a common theme to these podcasts where businesses and individuals certainly need to take education very seriously if they want to progress their careers. Uh, because there is, as you say, a shortage in real skills at the top level when it comes to global payroll in particular, but actually people can do more to gain those skills. Someone like Max, uh, I think was a great example of someone who went the extra mile to attain the skills he didn't have to help progress his career. And he's now you know in a global payroll position at Shell. I think it's a really good, good example of what people can do, but it does take a little bit of self motivation to go and you know, gain those skills as well. Um, and it also requires great providers like yourselves at GPMI to, to deliver that content for people to digest. At the moment, I don't know who's the best place to answer this question, but how do you view the digital landscape that's changing within the payroll industry at the moment, and what do you think is, I guess, the potential impact it could have on the future shape of the payroll industry as a whole?
2: Payroll has been viewed, and I think all of us would agree, and a lot of the listeners would agree. You know, payroll has been viewed as a back office function, a sure. step and repeat process. But you know, that mindset, to, that mindset is is starting to shift at a high level. Much of that has to do with the importance and prominence of the digital landscape and data to organizations. Uh, organizations, many of them are going through digital transformation. It's becoming no longer an option, but a defined and urgent need to stay competitive. Uh, in fact, uh, I was reading the other day, uh, one of the newest C-suite titles is chief digital officer for a lot of organizations. Okay. One of the world's most highly regarded tech analysts out there, Ray Wong, has a book out called Disrupting Digital Business. And uh, he says that the workforce is changing, too. Employees expect to be able to determine when and how they will work, the technology they'll use, and the values their company will espouse. But you know, the other side of that is transformation is not just about technology innovations and their disruption on the business, but it's also about... How these innovations are adopted and used, sure. and that's where payroll comes in. You know, payroll leaders must constantly challenge their organizations to ensure this change and uh, is going to be productive. It's going to unlock gains. It's going to reduce costs, and it's going to provide excellent customer or employee experience. Um, you know, as cloud and storage and security tech technology has all progressed, so too has the ability of organizations to make. More decisions that are less reactive, you know, reactive decisions based on reporting that's reporting on past events. You know, now, based on critical data and proper integration of that data, organizations are looking to predict outcomes and forecast. Analytics is helping this. Real-time data integrated into platforms, but also platforms that are much more friendlier and, and have a great user experience. So the top organizations are looking to be proactive in decisions that will help them gain an edge in their industry. And so that ties back in a lot of times to HR and payroll through things like predicting employee behavior, which helps talent management and retention or identifying calculation compliance error risk from payroll before it happens. You know, suddenly that global payroll data uh, becomes a strategic advantage that can benefit workforce planning. It can benefit resource management, expansion strategy, Payroll is critical in, in in that data being accurate. So when it's pulled into that HCM system for these major decisions, it, it could mean the difference of which direction the company is going to take. So then you combine global payroll, for instance, in larger multinational organizations, and now you're talking about data in a digital landscape from many different providers in many different countries. And so as that digital landscape continues to accelerate. Payroll is definitely on that journey. And of course, you know, GPMI is exciting to be there too.
1: Fantastic response. I think you've summed up the, uh, the complexity of the payroll digital landscape brilliantly well there, Doug. Um, and obviously with the, the RPA, robotic process automation, it's likely we're going to have more time as power professionals to analyze even more data, which is going to affect the digital landscape even further. Mary, RPA is obviously a, a really hot topic, not just here in the UK, but in the US as well. It's really hot right now. Everyone wants to know how it's going to affect and and how it's going to impact and when it's going to impact. You know, the reason for that is because it clearly provides opportunities for businesses to streamline their payroll process with automation. So what's your take at the GPMI on, on RPA?
3: Well, I believe, Nick, that RPA is here and it's new. For many of us, it may be scary. It has created some fears that we will replace payroll jobs. Often I think that we have this image that the, the robot's going to be sitting at our desk. The bot's going to be sitting at our desk as a person. But I really like to look at RPA and share with um, others that it's really a tech, new technology that will help reduce manual processes, help provide more accurate payroll and the ability to use our data from multiple sources and services to support the organization. As global leaders, it is our job to share with our organizations what RPA can do for us, and prepare our teams. Payroll professionals in the future will have different roles, as Doug mentioned, and will spend more time on analytics, reporting, processing, and integration to support the business. Payroll professionals will be key in the RPA setup and will document and will have to document each process to the keystroke. Payroll providers are using RPA today to check files and data to help improve our processes today behind the scenes. So it's here. So let's start using it.
1: Sure, I have a great response. And I think also payroll people forget that technology has always changed the nature of the payroll position. I know, years ago, before systems were really in play, and everyone was using, especially in the UK, clock cards and uh, and very manual processes the The idea of the payroll implementation consultant, for example, didn't exist, but actually, as systems developed and technology improved, suddenly there is a new wealth of positions become available in payroll implementation or project management. And actually, you know, people sometimes I think spend too much time worried about positions that might go, but actually, for me, with regards to RPA, it's much more exciting considering the the, uh, the positions that might start to exist. And you mentioned their payroll analytics being a prime example of where I think we're going to see a big increase. In fact, we already are seeing an increase from the recruitment side in businesses looking for payroll analysts and similar type positions. So I think it's a huge opportunity. And don't be scared of change. Payroll has evolved every year. I mean, I've been doing it for nearly 20 years and it's changed, you know, as unrecognizable from when I first started in this industry. And it's, you know, as technology advances quicker, it's going to be unrecognizable again in 20 years. But payroll people will change with it they're very adaptable uh, professionals and uh, it's exciting to see what it's going to bring you mentioned uh, doug uh, data in, in your previous response and obviously big data is a huge topic right now as well as rpa even more so for payroll professionals because of course huge parts of the payroll job required you know huge amounts of employee data to be managed they're managing and calculating data and reporting data so with this in mind doug what do you think are the biggest global challenges or indeed innovations perhaps that are in play that you may have read about at the moment that perhaps you can help payroll operations either utilize data more effectively or potentially streamline it?
2: Nick, that's a great question. Um, and that topic has gotten so much attention. It's also somewhat of a challenge, though, to, to really put a finger on something specific just because due to each unique situation that an organization might find itself in and the business model of that organization, um, what's contextual and relevant for one may not apply to another. Big data and the importance to what it can help an organization with is still prominent as AI is heavily leveraged on data, but, but more importantly, the quality of that data. You know, I was privileged recently here to work with the world's best known HR tech analyst, Josh Burson, as he was one of our keynote speakers for our general session on the future of work and pay. That was during our annual payroll conference, the Global Payroll Management Forum last year. And Josh shared with me that the marketplace is now rich with embedded solutions. You know, nearly every HCM vendor has embedded analytics, many with prediction engines. And all the new vendors are starting to apply AI slowly to their offerings. The growth of the cloud platforms uh, that house these applications is helping make this market explode because it—you know—you you notice the amount of startups that have uh, blossomed within the hr payroll space and that's because it's just so easy and cost-effective these days to develop software a lot of it thanks to the cloud platforms that are out there that can host this software but from an innovation perspective you know ai is coming fast josh you know he described in a recent post where one vendor uh, at a conference he was at was showing off a voice application which lets you query the hcm system for vacation balance and performance tips Wow. We, we've heard that AI is also in play for employee self-service related to pay slip questions, uh, specifically chatbots, you know, utilized to answer these types of questions that would free up payroll. Government tax authorities in some countries are going digital and in some, um, already really to the point where they're accepting digital feeds to satisfy compliance reporting requirements. Sure. And, and so it really is an interesting time period that I think could go in many different directions, depending on the profile of that organization. And I bet you will you know, I know we'll touch upon that later on in this podcast from another perspective, but that's kind of my take on it.
1: Sure. Well, you mentioned chatbots there. I think uh, it's a great example as well. It's something that me and Vicky Graham from the CRPP discussed at the CIPP annual conference in our presentation. And um, you know, these kind of new types of technology are definitely coming into play, and it's uh, it's exciting to see how it's how it's going to change things. Certainly for us in the UK at the moment, politically, and I don't want to start a political uh, debate necessarily on this podcast. But but we are still in the UK waiting to discover what the impact of Brexit is going to be on payroll. And Certainly, there's more uncertainty there in the UK. We're not quite sure what's going to happen. It's going to be a deal or no deal and so on. But from a legislative point of view, it's going to have an impact on the UK payroll here, whatever direction and whatever agreement comes out of this. Are there any sort of large scale or huge legislative issues affecting US payroll processing at present or that might be on a similar scale?
3: Well, Nick, when I met you at the CIPP conference in October after the event, um I took a few days off of holiday only to find myself in London with half a million people protesting the Brexit for a revote. Oh wow. Yeah. And of course <laughs> which was quite interesting. But for us in the US, um having operations in Europe and payroll departments. It's a big question around what will happen with immigration, the global mobility tracking that we might have to do. Sure. Will there be a requirement for reporting employment movement in the EU? And then, of course, we all have the whole big concern of will they follow the regulations, the data privacy regulations similar to GDPR? So many U.S. corporations here have established um, operations in the United Kingdom. So at the current moment, it's really a wait and see and to watch. But I would, um, advise people to take a moment to look at what their risk are, what's their footprint and what might happen and to be, of course, watching the news and trends of what's happening with this. Brexit does, um, dampen business growth for companies that operate in Europe. Um, U.S. businesses are the most significant investor in Great Britain. They invest about 588 billion and employ more than a million people. Sure. So these companies use it as a gateway to get free trade into the 28 EU nations. I see it as a wait-and-see. Payroll organizations will need to watch, especially how we um, handle the um, Northern Ireland um, piece on immigration, and then see if we really do have to start tracking and do taxation with the different countries. As I see, movement around the EU is always great for EU citizens to be able to move country to country for different job um, positions. So it's it's just a new times and new trends, and what will that mean for payroll professionals? It's kind of wait-and-see of how we handle the movement
1: sure sure and it's good to know that the gpmi are already watching it so if and when the decisions are made i'm sure there'll be a lot of good relevant content for people who are worried about how it affects them from a global legislation perspective that they know where they can go as a resource to to get themselves fully clued up with any changes that, that, that are finalized
0: time to find out more about you Well, listen, I'd like to find out for the
1: listeners a little bit more about you both, if we may. So we're going to ask a few questions. Number one, how would your friends or work colleagues describe you both? Well, I guess
2: I'll go first. You know, I think um, probably uh, I'm a lover of technology and innovation, and and I have a a real passion for uh, learning, and I love a lively debate. (laughs) You and me both.
3: (laughs) Nick, I would say my friends and work colleagues describe me as being passionate about global payroll, and my close friends have recently started calling me the global payroll queen.
1: Oh, nice. Nice. Well, that kind of sums that up. (laughs) Just
3: because I have them with questions and and answers when they have difficult issues.
1: (laughs) Brilliant. I love that. I love that. So how about, Doug, I'll start with you again. Tell me something about you. Perhaps other people won't know about you.
2: Sure, sure. Sure. So I played classical violin for 15 years.
1: Oh, wow. Um, Fantastic.
2: So yeah, it's, uh, you, you don't really picture it because I am about six four and, uh, and, and I'm not a thinly, <laughs> I'm not a thin man, but yeah, <laughs> uh, it was very fun and a great experience. And, and I love classical music to this day.
1: Fantastic. We had uh, Stuart Hall on the podcast before, who plays in the uh, Salvation Army Band, and he's played at the Royal Albert Hall and St. Paul's Cathedral and all over the world. He's one of the best trombone players there is in the Salvation Army Band. And uh, it's it's amazing how many musicians there seem to be within payroll behind the scenes. Uh, Funny enough, on the violin... (laughs) I even did grade one violin when I was at school and I did one live performance of Little Donkey in the church when I was about seven. So I have a, a little bit of an understanding of the violin, but not fifteen years worth. But that's a that's a fantastic uh, that's outstanding. Beautiful <laughs> instrument. How about yourself, Mary?
3: Well, I'm a huge royal fan. Probably no surprise, I love the um, UK and London, but in fact, I actually um, spent the night in the streets in London when Kate and Will got married and got to be with all of the wonderful UK citizens of the world celebrating that. Oh, wow. Fantastic. I had no idea. That must have been a hell of an experience. (laughs) Brilliant.
1: Doug, you are abducted by aliens who want to learn more about our species. What item would you take with you?
2: (laughs) Oh, man, Nick. I I hate to say it. I'm going to say one of those answers, but I think it's going to have to be my phone. Your phone.
1: It's usually phone or iPad. It's a common response. Why your phone?
2: I I would have to be able to stay in touch and uh, take pictures because uh, I have three little girls, uh, seven, five, and one. And My seven-year-old and my five-year-old would be so excited that I got abducted by aliens that they would (laughs) be wanting me to send them as many pictures as possible, regardless of what
1: happens to me. I, lo- I love the fact you said they're being <laughs> excited rather than concerned. That's probably the same response my little ones would give me as well. Oh, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> how, about you- how about yourself, Mary?
3: Well, first of all, you're going to find something out else about me. I'm not a true science fiction fan, so I would bring the Culture Map book by Aaron Myers okay. to help explain the different cultures to the aliens so we could work together.
1: Brilliant. Collaborative. Love it. Uh, you may have already leant towards the answer to this Doug with your 15 years experience but maybe I'm wrong what game or instrument would you teach them
2: I would be really apprehensive on uh you know whether or not they got frustrated and would take out their frustrations on me (laughs) and so I would prefer to keep it simple and probably teach them rock paper scissors
1: okay fabulous I like the answer I like the thinking behind that answer very good how about yourself Mary?
3: I would teach them or play with them payday so they could get a quick view of the complexity of payroll and how important payday is around the world.
1: Great. I love, I love this, this passion for payroll coming out, even in the, uh, the little bit about you <laughs> section. <laughs> <laughs> what drives you behind the scenes. What would you tell them about humans, though?
2: I think probably um, all humans have inherent kindness and feelings within them.
1: Nice. I like that. I like that. How about yourself, Mary?
3: Mine is based around my travels uh, around the world. And, and I feel like every person in the world is, is working to support their family and want to enjoy life. But in some countries, it's a little bit more difficult than others.
1: Sure. Great. What about the truth that you'd hold back? Let me start with you, Mary. What truth would you hold back?
3: I would hold back greed.
1: I like that. How about yourself, Doug?
2: Oh, man.
1: I think I would hold
2: back ego. Ego. Why ego? At least in, in,
1: in the human world interfere with communication sure i think that's probably a quite closely aligned with greed as well for mary i think the two things sometimes go hand in hand but not the great traits but uh hopefully uh something that the gpmi is all about is giving so if they go to your the website they'll find out a lot of resources outside so hopefully we'll never get abducted by aliens to find out but listen we're going to dive, <laughs> a, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into in particular the gpmi i want the listeners to know all about it um not because i've called you on for you guys to plug the gpmi but because i'm really passionate about any business out there that's trying to give something back to the industry and i know that both of you are really passionate about giving payroll professionals the opportunity to i think mary's already mentioned it once or twice in the podcast already but to, to gain recognition for the power work that people practice both legislatively and, of course, professionally. So could you both tell the listeners more about how you're achieving this through the GPMI and how pale professionals who are perhaps listening to this right now who aren't familiar with it, or maybe they are, but they're not doing much with it, how they can get more involved?
3: Um, sure, Nick. So first of all, um, I would please make sure, as we mentioned, um, Doug and yourself, join GPMI, which is our free subscriber-based community, GPMI does provide world-class education courses, which are made possible from subject matter experts and our vendor community. We are always looking for volunteers, and I'm happy to connect with professionals to provide opportunities and ideas on how they can support GPMI. We're always looking for authors, and you may want to join our editorial board. Please post on our social media, and don't waste time. Please volunteer today. It will be rewarding, and you will boost your career. I think Max,
1: not bringing back again, but I know he's such an advocate, is a great example of someone who's really boosted his career after getting involved. And it started, I remember doing a podcast with him. He was sat on a beach on holiday, and he decided to write an article. I wasn't sure quite what to do with it, but he had this this burning desire to write about payroll, and he submitted it, not thinking it would ever even be read necessarily or be picked up. But uh, he was uh, really excited to find that there was some interest in GPMI. He published his material, and now obviously there's a really close uh connection between the both of you and, and max's career has gone from strength to strength and it, it can start from little acorns like that so if you have you know a burning desire to, to get something off your chest in the world of payroll then there's a really good opportunity and forum for people to to express themselves so you know get yourselves down to dot com and, and, and certainly register and, and get involved in the forum for sure now i know in addition to just content that uh, mary and doug one of the prime objectives of the TPMI isn't just about education from, from terms of people going to the site and reading and, and joining webinars. It's also about increasing the global power professional skill level. Um, and that's not that's also through things like training, certification, networking opportunities, such as the conferences that you provide. For those that are not familiar with it, what is the Institute doing right now to achieve that objective? And, and what kind of conferences perhaps might be coming up that people may want to get involved in?
3: Well, Nick, currently we have um, three in-person certificate programs um, that are available. They vary in length from two to three days. In fact, our most recent certificate program, Managing Payroll Operations Across the Globe, was developed with support from Max vondercliff Busnik, as we've already mentioned, our um, GPMI subscriber from the Netherlands. We first presented that class last year in Dublin, Ireland, and if People have missed the opportunity to attend the class this year. We have, we will be teaching the class in Dublin in March and September. We also have a number of free webinars. And so when we go back to free, you need to take advantage of that. It's available on demand. We have virtual global payroll taxation and compliance courses that provide in-depth education on specific countries. And finally, I would really encourage our subscribers to read the global magazine which is full of great information for processing global payroll. For networking opportunities, we have our annual Global Payroll Management Forum, where we have 32-plus global sessions and opportunities to network with global payroll professionals and the vendor and provider community. I hope you can join us. It is one of my favorite events since I get the opportunity to meet with GPMI subscribers and help them attain global payroll education, expand their careers, More information about the Global Payroll Management Forum and our 2019 education calendar can be found on our website, gpminstitute.com.
1: Fantastic. And I will put some links on the episode notes as well. So if people are looking for a really quick and easy way to access the information, just click on the episode notes of this podcast and you can find out a little bit more. So we're going to go to a quick advert break.
0: Einstein famously said that Insanity was doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. We believe it's time to try a new approach to recruitment. JGA Recruitment specialise in recruiting the top 15% of payroll and HR talent using innovative 24-7 attraction strategies that are proven to improve quality of hire, candidate retention and return on investment. De-risk your recruitment process today and hire better talent faster with JGA Recruitment. Visit JGArecruitment.com to find out more.
1: So, Mary and Doug, here in the UK, the industry gained chartered status in 2011, and as of 2017, individuals can also gain chartered status. It's been big developments here in the UK for raising the profile of UK payroll professionals. Do you think more could be done, though, to raise the profile of the global payroll industry?
3: Um, Nick, I feel very strongly we need to raise the profile of the payroll industry. Having come from a finance background and moving into the payroll industry, I definitely see that it's, in some cases, undervalued. And we've today talked about many ways that payroll professionals will be important as we move forward. And I I often mention to attendees that they are the center of your organization. Payroll is the center and will continue to be the center. And we need to continue to work with our stakeholders and upper management to share what we have and what knowledge and information we have to support the organization, provide reporting for leaders to make key decisions. Payroll professionals need to look at their competencies their abilities and skills and knowledge, and identify areas where they need training. I highly encourage payroll professionals to get country certifications and have a plan to ensure that they have continuous learning. This may require meeting with your manager or having the courage to ask to attend a course or payroll event. One of the advantages of GPMI, as we mentioned, we do provide free webinars to help global payroll professionals expand their skill and provide information in the global magazine. Remember, you are never too old to learn. You can stop learning at 20 or 90. It is your career and you need to own it.
1: Fantastic. Brilliantly put. Now, clearly, if there's one thing that's come across in this uh, episode of the Peril podcast is that the landscape is changing really rapidly with relation to digital and technological advancements. So, Do you think that within the industry, that outside of payroll, the business leaders that that support it and that surround it, such as CEOs, HR directors, and finance directors, or even payroll leaders themselves, do you think they're responding quickly enough to these changes?
2: Nick, this is a great question. And it seems pretty clear that even though through advancements with technology, even though those may be accelerating, not all leaders may be reacting on a swift pace, but I would assert that it may not necessarily be strictly up to the leader's reaction time. Uh, There are more variables at play. And here's what I mean. In a recent article, again, from Josh Burson, who I mentioned earlier, he pointed out that for, for many years, the focus on HR technology was to automate and integrate practices. And now that's practically business as usual. And there's little credit to automation of HR and payroll, but there's penalties if you don't. Sure. However, um, according to his high-impact HR research, 45% of companies are still focused on basic process automation. Um, wow. That reduces that acceleration of advancement to a certain degree. Now, also, there's getting to the cloud. It's not a fast process for organizations, especially larger organizations. Uh, Josh's research shows that only 40% of companies right now are using cloud HCM solutions. And so, you know, in some conversations that I've had I've had, Josh shared that in his 2018 2018 HR Tech Disruptions report, you know, it references that many companies are still on a very long journey with technology. And it's due to the sheer complexity of it all. You know, and here here's what I mean regarding that. I'll just give you a couple of stats here. Sure. sure. Um, the average large corporation has 15 or more systems of record. Wow. And it's not unusual for companies to have 20 plus payroll systems simply because of those difficulties of following employment laws in different countries. This means that to get a single view of the workforce, which doesn't even include contingent gig workers, part-time, organizations often have to buy a whole new ERP system and consolidate all these silos, all these islands of automation. So when asking companies why they are spending 20 to $40 million on a new HRMS platform, you know, many of them are saying we need be- better data. We need better analytics. But again, it's a long journey. Josh points out too that, and I think this is relevant in the context of what we're talking about, but HR technology and payroll services markets are not quite the same, right? One is a software model in the software business. The other is more of a service business. Sure. But as companies are becoming more global, they face challenges of global payroll complexity. So many of those payroll-centric vendors like ADP, like Ceridian, Paylocity, SAP, they're all growing as well because they want to offer hybrid managed payroll services options with their cloud solution. ADP is a great example of a vendor that, is completely re-engineering their payroll engine, recently talking about that during their analyst day.
1: Of course, you can only grow if there's demand for it. So that shows that if they're all growing and developing. There must be a real demand for it from leaders.
2: No, I would agree. Absolutely. And, and like I said, I think there's a natural tendency to, to say these. Uh, a lot of the leaders need to react quicker. But there. I think there's a lot of variables that, that are in place that are just make the the situation for certain organizations really really complex and it's it's still a work in progress but it's a fascinating question and, and something to really look at in the industry as we continue on the journey.
1: Sure. You know, you, you highlighted some, uh, some really good figures stats, uh, and stats and research that obviously you've got access to there, the GPMI. Now, I know that obviously right now you're based a few thousand miles away from me, Doug, in San Antonio, Texas. And I'm based obviously here in London in the UK. But one of the reasons I was keen to speak with both yourself and Mary on this particular episode of the Pearl podcast is because Payroll departments around the world now have more in common than they ever have done before. And actually, I think when I started in this industry, had I done a podcast 15 years ago, I'm not sure we'd be having this conversation. But now all payroll departments globally are managing time and payroll data. They're all organizing payments to employees and providing declarations and reports to government and and so on and so forth. But I also appreciate that these processes are managed, that the way these processes are managed can differ greatly from country to country. Mary's already mentioned some of the uh, the rules and regulations and how they differ in relation to country to country that you can access with the GPMI. But I mention it because I know that you played a key role in the launch of something called the Global Payroll Country Complexity Survey. And that was made in partnership with, uh, with NGA Human Resources. I wondered if, particularly for those not familiar with it, if you could tell listeners a little bit more about this uh, Global Payroll Country Complexity Survey. And more importantly, can you let us know some of its key findings? How do the countries differ uh, from another? And uh, for example, which country came top of the list for for Global Payroll Complexity?
2: Fantastic question, uh, Nick. This was a very exciting initiative for GPMI and for the entire global payroll community. And, and GPMI was just we, we, we were thrilled to, to help lead it. You know, I'll give you some background. NGA Human Resources had last published the Payroll Complexity Survey on a much smaller scale in 2014. They had about 300 respondents, and they were really just circulating it out to their customer base. Sure. The most complex country, you may be wondering, back in 2014. Any guesses?
1: Most complex country. France?
2: <laughs> it was Italy. Italy. Okay. Time. Okay. Yeah. And so that was according to the 2014 survey. So the idea around this survey was that first off, you know, it's a great tool to bring people together. Everyone is interested in lists and top 10s and top 20s. And really, that's a great it's a great conversational piece and a great way to gain some insight uh, at an interesting level. The thought process was why not offer a report that gives the community a better understanding of those complexities by country? So. When I came across that 2014 report, I had been chatting with the team at NGAHR and I really kind of suggested to them and highly encouraged that they roll it out again. And this was around 2016 when I was talking to them. And so I was encouraging them to hopefully, you know, maybe we could do something in 2017 and, and really leverage it with cross promotion from GPMI. And then GPMI has relationships with a lot of the sister country-specific associations, and so we could bring them into the mix and and thereby encourage much more participation and have a much more robust data set. So we persuaded NGA HR to roll out that survey for 2017 in the spring, and we proposed to bring all these country-specific associations together to promote it. So we ended up getting APA from the U.S., CIPP, the Chartered Institute of Payroll Professionals from the U.K., uh, the Canadian Payroll Association. Uh, the Association for Payroll Specialists, which was TAPS in Australia, and the South African Payroll Association, uh, SAPA, SAPA. And really, the survey uses the following five categories that I'll mention here briefly to measure what's impacting. And it was uh, managing employee data, managing yeah. payroll data, the payroll calculation process, and government reporting and declarations, and geographical influences on payroll. So the survey in 2017 ended up being very successful. It, there was over 1,000 respondents that completed the entire survey. Wow. And so you asked earlier some of the key findings. Well, the most complex country that came up as number one in 2017 was France.
1: Ah, see, I must have read, I must have got that from the 17 survey when I gave the 14 response. I knew it was a tough yeah. one.
2: <laughs> now italy just missed the top spot and they were at number two in 2017 and then belgium was number three and really the survey kind of one of the conclusions of the survey was was europe in that region is the most complex payroll region in the world it had seven countries in the top 10 wow. were complexity
1: for those aren't familiar with it it's it, if you're into payroll it's just interesting reading i mean it's something that you know, I came across it. I can't know. I can't remember how I found it. But as soon as you've discovered it, it's kind of addictive reading. You know, it's it's interesting to know who is more complex than somebody else and where the challenges are. And you know, as as a human trait, I guess, but we like to compare and contrast. And um, you know, particularly if you are running a global payroll now, or if you're about to, or even if you're just a, a UK or US payroll manager, it's well worth having a look at to see you know, just some of the complexities that are out there and how they do differ. I think it's a a really fantastic report. And you know what? It was something a little bit different. We're very used in the peril industry to seeing the same kind of rhetoric and the same kind of articles being released. And this was something completely different. Um, I love the fact, as you say, that it was done in table forms. You can see who's top and who's bottom and who's made it into the top 10. And actually, from a recruitment perspective, so perhaps I see it slightly differently We've used certainly the, the, the fact that France won 2017, uh, I say one, but at the top of the list. We can use that to our advantage because we know if payroll businesses have a complex French payroll that they can't really afford not to try and get that payroll expertise in. You know, If they try and say, well, we'll get a, a UK person with no expertise and no experience to manage this complex payroll, we know they're going to potentially be in for a bit of a surprise or a shock. And actually, that's where business leaders don't want to underestimate the importance of global payroll expertise. And if we're able to educate them by showing them things like this survey to say, look, this is how complex it is, then hopefully their business is, is more safeguarded against potential compliance risks. Um, and we're hopefully being able to show our expertise, thanks to your reports, in, in what we do in payroll recruitment as well. So it's a really great survey. I'll put a link to it in the episode notes as well. So if people are interested in accessing that, please do so. It's a, it's a really, really good read. Last question before we open the vault. It's a big question. Uh, I'll probably start with you, Mary, if I may. What do you think the biggest impact will be on the industry in the next three to five years?
3: I think we're going to see more use of robotics automation. We're going to have less manual work, more real-time reporting requirements for the tax agencies around the world, figuring out how we're going to handle gig workers, how we look at business travelers, and global operations will be using the valuable data that we're collecting to make more operation decisions, such as which countries to expand in, mergers and acquisitions, and understanding the full cost of the employees in their organizations. Global leaders will spend more time on supporting the business with analytics, the continuous process improvement. And, of course, this is a big reason why GPMI exists. As new challenges arise for global professionals, GPMI will be an excellent resource to help uh, keep up to date with information with any of the issues that are pertinent to your organization. Excellent.
2: How about yourself, Doug? In staying with the spirit of the question, just simply stated, I think the biggest impact on the industry is innovation and the exp- exponential pace of innovation. Industries worldwide are being disrupted, but this is creating opportunities everywhere for payroll professionals. Opportunities to contribute at a higher level, expand the horizons of their career. You know, GPMI always strives to be that resource with relevant uh, and important information. And education to assist the payroll professional um, as this exciting journey continues.
1: Great, fantastic. I think it, it's not wasn't part of my question, but I, I know that Mary mentioned it earlier, which is Generation Z um, and how they are adopting technology differently to the way we adopt it now. I think if we look at the biggest impact potentially for a longer term, maybe ten to fifteen years, or maybe ten years is, is more precise. I think it's going to be interesting how it changes because Generation Z use technology very differently to how I would use it. And you know, myself and Vicky did some research to talk about the death of email. That Generation Z now are only really communicating via messenger apps and, and, and similar kinds of technology. And it all kind of links to that, as you say, that technological innovations that are coming in. And I think we've got a. A cultural change in workforce mentality as well that's going to come in and really affect the market over the next five to 10 years. So it's going to be exciting to see how it changes. And I'm sure that, uh, well, I know GPMI will be right at the heartbeat of that and educating those to those changes. So fantastic. I've really enjoyed going through those questions. But what I would like to do is open the vault.
0: Entering the vault.
1: Mary, if I can start with you, one piece of advice okay. you would give to someone working in payroll right now?
3: I would tell them to find a job that provides passion and something you enjoy. Payroll has many different careers that you can take your career path through. It may be implementation, project management, consulting, robotics, payroll manager, might be an IT owner. You could be a payroll accountant, maybe compliance manager, or even be working on software development and new roles like data scientists that are going to evaluate all of our analytics for global payroll around the world.
1: Brilliant response. I need to get you into recruitment, Mary. You could sell. <laughs> With all those career opportunities, it's fantastic. How about yourself, Doug? For
2: me, it's learning. Never stop learning. That's applicable whether someone's in payroll or, or someone is in any field. Our keynote speaker uh, for our Global Payroll Management Forum this coming year will be a gentleman named uh, Vivek Wadwa, And Vivek is a... Uh, fellow at Carnegie Mellon University, Silicon Valley campus. And he's also a a fellow at Harvard Law School. He's very in touch with technology. He's a former startup CFO, CTO. Uh, He's been around startups uh, his whole career. And he said, uh, and he'll be talking about disruption in the space at our conference. And the one piece of advice he gave was It'll cost you if you stop learning. Uh, you know, in the old days, you could go to school, you could get your degree, and you would work at your job, and, and that was that. But nowadays, uh, the average career is less than five years uh, before there's a transition or a move. And so the only person that is uh, in charge of your own development is yourself. And so never stop learning. Always uh, look and see if you can gain some more knowledge in any particular field you're in.
1: As, uh, Albert Einstein, which I'm a big fan of on our website has a lot of Einstein quotes, but he once said, once you stop learning, you start dying. I like that. Oh, that's
2: fantastic. Love that.
1: Now you mentioned uh, the keynote speaker. It's probably a good opportunity to bring it up. You, uh, I wondered if you'd like to let listeners know about the, the, the big annual conference. I know it's a huge affair in the US, but people in the UK may not be as familiar with it. I'm personally hoping to go out and be part of it this year. Uh, when I learned that actually there's a lot of big UK and global payroll leaders that, that attended last year and I thought, oh, God, I missed out. I need to get out there and be part of it. But for those not familiar with the, with the U.S. conference, I wonder if you'd just like to give uh, the listeners some information about the conference that's coming up. And I'll obviously put a link in the episode notes, but I wonder if you'd just like to let them know the dates and, um, and what it's all about. Absolutely.
2: It's, uh, you can go to globalpayrollforum.com. Again, that's globalpayrollforum.com. And the conference is going to be this year in Long Beach, California and will be May 14th through the 18th of 2019. And we'll be at the Long Beach Convention Center and Entertainment Center. And really, this is the, the biggest four and a half days in payroll uh, worldwide. You know, it's in conjunction with the American Payroll Association's annual Congress. And so uh, both activities are going on simultaneously with both audiences. Uh, we have an expo with over 100 exhibitors, and we have a special uh, global payroll pavilion. Uh, with activities and networking opportunities that's located inside the expo. And then there's uh, lots of uh, employment issues and compliance issues and uh, 12, I believe 12 country specific sessions and breakouts, general sessions, as I mentioned, with great speakers. It's just a great experience to be around uh, other peers within your industry, understand the latest in technology and services that are going on for the industry and we, it's a time to celebrate and pay tribute to those individuals that are really, uh, taking the industry and their careers to the next level.
1: I love that. And it's a hugely attended forum, isn't it? I mean, in the UK, we've got a few different conferences that are held by the, uh, the Learn Center and by the CIPP. But I think in comparison, the attendance sizes for your conference are on a slightly different scale. Can you tell the listeners a bit more about the size and the size of your conference? Because it lasts four and a half days, right?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and all together, we, we have about 1,800 to 2,000 participants. Sometimes that number, you know, overflows to, you know, 2,200, 2,300 participants overall. And we have a good number of our participants of that number that come from overseas and come from abroad uh, to join us for the conference. We have many different vendors in the global payroll space that will come over to the U.S. for the conference for the networking opportunities and the chance for dialogue. Uh, with professionals along with our constituents and attendees. It's a great time, like I said, to uh, really get a lot of information from a lot of different perspectives. And so we try to make it a very fun experience, something that will be memorable and give the attendee a great experience to where uh, they have a little bit of fun, but they learn a whole lot of information too at the same time.
1: I know you weren't aware that I was going to ask you the questions about the conference, but I thought it was a good opportunity to bring it up because it is a, a huge affair and it's a, it's a really big event. I think if there are people listening to this who have, you know, employers that really value professional development and networking, then, um, and, you know, you fancy a nice trip over to Long Island Beach as well to expand your horizons and learn more about global payroll, then, you know, it's a really good opportunity to do so. And I'll put that um, globalpayrollforum.com link in the episode notes as well for those who want to find out more. With the benefit of hindsight, Mary, if I can come back to you, what would be the one career decision you would change?
3: I wish I would um, had the opportunity to be an expat over in Europe to live there and work.
1: And would, if you had a country of choice, I know you, you said you're a royal fan. Would you? Would it be oh, in the UK or would it be somewhere else?
3: UK or um, Ireland, maybe even the Netherlands. I've had the opportunity to uh, attend the the Netherlands um, annual congress um, with the opportunity that uh, Max has connected me with that executive director. So that too would be a, a wonderful area. It would just give you the opportunity to kind of explore all of Europe when you're actually there because it's a lot closer than um, it is in some places across the United States. So, yeah, and it just give you an opportunity to to kind of live and breathe uh, a different uh, surrounding than what you have in the United States.
1: Yeah, no, I like that. I love Europe here. I've, I've cycled most of Europe from as far as Albania, Croatia, Italy, all over. So in every country, so different culturally and uh, economically and in, in every way, really. So it's um, I, I can completely understand that. I feel very privileged to have access to it on my doorstep.
2: Yeah, you know, um, I think I would pay a lot more attention and go into math and computer science. I was someone when I was young that um, did not think that, you know, math and, and computer science was was very crucial or critical, especially math and and high-level math. But now uh, I just, I I would yearn to just experience, uh, and and actually there's resources now to to do it, to just learn how to code and learn how to uh, develop software because there's such opportunity and power to change the world in that. It's a great skill and it's a great career that can really take you anywhere in the world. And so that's the one thing I would change, I think, in
1: hindsight. Great. Well, you found payroll now and payroll certainly is uh, embedded in math. So uh, hopefully you're on the right path to uh, to making that wish country perhaps a little bit later in your career. If you had the power of foresight um, and could change the entire payroll industry with one action or improvement, what would that action or improvement be, Mary?
3: I would like to improve the image and vision of payroll to be viewed as a key organization to support the business and that we have strategic decisions. Making um, payroll a professional career with options in high school and college courses to help um, continue to drive the organization, looking at technology and the services and all of the pieces of working in an organization that also involves cross-functional teams, interrelations and project management. That's kind of a, a, where I'd like to be. <laughs> yeah, I think
1: that's great. It's a common narrative that we get here as well. I think you're absolutely right. So um, uh, a fantastic answer. In payroll, who motivates you and why?
3: My family always inspires me to learn and explore, so um, I always try to make the most of each day. So the passion for global payroll provides me insight to explore different countries, cultures, history, employment and taxation rules, um, which help me to provide global payroll education to support and help others through mentorship, um, working on their careers, provide education, information to them. So along with that, I also have built uh, friends around the world So that's kind of what it motivates me and inspires me. Fantastic. How about yourself, Doug?
2: You know, just to address the question before, um, I totally agree with what Mary said about profile, raising the profile of the payroll professional um, and really agree with um, if we could do one single thing, making it be an education topic within schools and a concentration for learning within uh, universities and, and, and schools, but also as far as motivation and why. You know, I think it's really uh, my family, my immediate family my, with my children and uh, just setting a great example for them and, and raising them to be good people and approach life in, in a way that uh, you tackle adversity and uh, you, you always look for a way to uh, shine positivity on things that occur and kind of the seasons that
1: come up. I, like that. I think um, i don't know who, who said the quote but there's a quote that we referenced before here which is never stop learning because light never stops teaching down to the uh, the last question of the podcast then so mary if you didn't work in payroll what would you be doing
3: well you're going to be very interested i'd love to work in the chemistry and nutrition ah, field because okay. i did study that during college nice, <laughs> nice
1: i thought you were going to say something to do with the royal household but um
3: Oh, yeah, that uh, wouldn't be, that wouldn't be bad. <laughs> Get an invite to one of those absolutely. garden parties. Should, I
1: should mention we've got an opportunity to do so. We actually placed the payroll manager for the Royal Household. And, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't one of the guys that got to go in, but two of our consultants, uh, after vetting were, were invited into Buckingham Palace. Um, and they sat in the, one of the portrait rooms and had a tour of all the, uh, all the offices, um, uh, after full security checks, of course. And, uh, we were fortunate enough to successfully place the, uh, the payroll manager at the Royal Household. So.
3: That's pretty cool. It's kind of <laughs> it's kind of like, um, you know, you're you probably aware that Alison Sellers from yes. Active Payroll got an OBE from the Queen. So she definitely sent me her pictures as soon as she got done with that uh, ceremony. So that, I think that's cool, cool too. Just expanding yeah, global absolutely. payroll. A fantastic
1: achievement Alison because very much in recognition for higher contribution to payroll as well. Just, you, know, you can't really be uh, recognized at any higher level than that. So Yeah, a great accolade and definitely worth a shout out on the payroll Podcast. How about yourself, Doug? If you weren't working in payroll, what would you be doing? Oh, goodness.
2: I'm really not in payroll. Um, Ex-payroll pro like like Mary is. You know, my roots are in marketing and content, and that's really a passion that I have and really the science that that's becoming thanks to data. Again, imagine that, right? Data is impacting a lot of different fields. But I love that aspect of it. So I'm sure, you know, I love innovation. I love the startup community and uh, entrepreneurship and what that's bringing to the table for many different industries. So I'm sure I'd be doing something uh, interesting in that field. But yeah, I love the marketing
1: that I'm doing. Great. Your, your passion for innovation definitely comes across. That definitely comes across, or certainly to me on this podcast anyway. So I'm sure it will to listeners out there as well. But listen, I want to take this opportunity to say a huge thank you uh, to both Doug and Mary for joining us today on the Payroll Podcast. It's been a fantastic tour and discovery session really to learn all about how technology and innovation is affecting the global payroll industry and perhaps more importantly, um, where people can go to actually get the advice and the... The uh, intelligence and, and information that they need to, to really process an effective global payroll as well. And I, of course, I will put all the links in the episode notes to the payroll podcast, which will include the GPM Institute.com website, and the American Payroll.org website, and the one for the global com as well, as well as some others as well. So if you need any information on the links, please do. Access our episode notes. Otherwise, it just leads me to say a huge thank you, Mary, for joining us today, and a huge thank you, Doug, for joining us. And I will look forward to speaking to everyone again in a couple of weeks.
0: you've been listening to the payroll podcast with nick day of jga recruitment specialist payroll recruiters if you would like to feature on a future podcast please contact us for a wealth of world-class payroll content please visit us at jgarecruitment.com see you next week